Welcome to the Winners Find a Way show and podcast with your host, Trent M. Clark, three-time World Series coach, CEO of Leadershipity, serial entrepreneur, having started 12 companies, coach to the 1%, and an international speaker. This show is going to be your go-to podcast for facing adversity, being inspired, and overcoming obstacles, all from the best in the world, business, sports, and leadership. Hate the crappy ingredients in many beverages and energy drinks? Rebellious Infusions are the go-to functional beverage. They have five or fewer plant-based organic ingredients. No sugar, no calories, loaded with antioxidants to boost your immune system. And L-thionine for brain health. Rebellious Infusions are available at drinkrebellious.com. Rethink your drink. For 10% off of your next purchase, use the code 99999. Yeah, I just love... I love understanding anything that is different than you might expect it to be. And so if you look at the world around us, it's very normal. This is our experience. Yeah. This is how we see the world. Yeah. But if you look things at things at a deeper level where science has taken things with physics, quantum mechanics, general theory of relativity, there are crazy things that, that are yeah. not evident to us. One yeah. really simple one is that time can actually change depending on the speed that you go. And so the GPS system has to make adjustments for that fact. If it yeah. didn't, then your your watch or your cell phone would be off by meters every single day. Yeah. Well, it, you know, two things that remind me of that is one, I'm I'm the constant competitor, right? So the moment I get in my car and I've got a two hour drive and it tells me I'm going to be there at, you know, 3.15 this afternoon, I'm like, how am I going to get there at 3.10, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, how am I going to beat the GPS, right? So, you know, inevitably it's very good. And, and I, I was always impressed with what's the other GPS coordinate system. It's not Google map, but it's the other one. Waze. Oh, you know, when, yeah. when I was, when I lived in Chicago, Waze was just incredible. I, I would literally put it on my phone and it would tell me like, you're going to arrive at 417. And I'm like, Oh my God. I mean, I could bank on that within two minutes. And, and you know, in Chicago, you never know what you're going to get. So I, I became so impressed with that algorithm. The other, you know, physics one that really I loved was I was down in, I was down in Ecuador, in the Mitra mm -hmm. del Mundo, the middle of the world. And, you know, these French scientists and they all got together down in Ecuador and they're creating like the equator and where everything's at. And, and they pinpoint the middle of the world. Right. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And this is like the seven, I think it was like the 1500s. It was crazy how long ago, right? Well, it turns off that they're like 19 feet off, right? <laughs> it's like, I'm like, pretty amazing. Yeah. Like, this is like 500 years ago. They were 19 <laughs> feet off. Like, they had none of the tools that we have now. And everyone's like, yeah, yeah. Well, the, the middle of the world's actually right over there. They, you know, they screwed it up. And I'm like, like, they screwed it up. Are you serious? Like they had this big blue ball, you know, people didn't have transportation. I mean, put yourself in their shoes for a second of what they're dealing with. And it was just, it was incredible to think like the, the math, the calculations, the oh, figures yeah. that everyone had to come in to go, hey, this is the middle of the earth right here. And you're like, what? Like a you know, equator, what does that mean? You know, the sun's, but, and I was, another physics thing that I really loved when I was there mm -hmm. was if you and I, we're out and we came out of a meeting or something like that. And we walked out on the street. You could go to a vendor and say, hey, do you know what time it is? And they would look up <laughs> the sun and go, oh, it's it's 11.05 a.m. <laughs> because the sun never changes, right? At the yeah. equator, it's always the same. Like there's literally a two-minute gap in the entire year of change. So everyone in the country can look at the sun and know exactly the shadow 
and know exactly what time it is. Amazing. That's so cool that they can do that. Isn't that cool? Yeah, I love that. I was just like, that's so weird. They didn't. I'm waiting for them to look at their phone, look at their watch. No, we're going off shadows. So talk, walk me through, I know, like, walk me through this, you know, big challenge you face. I want you to walk me through a time when you've had a challenge. You know, we've, we've all faced times we're losing, you know, and I can offline, we talked a little bit about a story where, you know, your, your father's passed recently. Now you're up to the, you know, one of the biggest city buildings you've ever done. Inspection crew's like, eh, shut it down. The rookie doesn't know, not going to happen. I'm sure investments have been made. Banks are saying, where's our money, <laughs> right? Because as soon as they give it to you, they're asking, right? And so we're t- walk us through that. Yeah, not long after my dad passed, we're building a you know, mid-sized building. I think it was just 30 units at the time. And the city was very unsure with my credentials and what I could do. And I mean, rightfully so, I didn't have those credentials. So I looked at our project and actually shut us down and said, Mike, you need to find real leadership and management to come in here and do this project. Ah, no. <laughs> We worked frantically over a short period of time to find someone to kind of fill that role. It turned out to not be what we needed, very ineffective at his role, but at least it, it codified the city enough at that time. And then we just worked our tail off to do what we needed to do to produce the right quality building. And I remember just a few weeks before having to open that there, or one of our major water lines was not holding pressure. So we have thousands of feet of water line that's all buried 15 feet in the ground. Somewhere in there, is a tiny pinhole leak that's maybe doing one drip mm. per minute. And we had to go find it. Oh. And our excavation foreman who was had other jobs. People were calling him, trying to get him off-site. And I just I went out there and literally just stood next to him day after day from you know, six in the morning until eight at night. Like, can I help here? Can I help here? He thought it was a pipsqueak, so get out of here. But I stood there, right, trying to help bridge that gap. And it was, boy, it was desperate. Because if we didn't get that water main fixed, we wouldn't be able to open the building. And all these renters who were renting the building, what are we going to do with them? And so we worked, 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 worked. And it was just, it was hard. But we eventually, we found the leak. We fixed that problem, got our building all wrapped up. And just a few days before we're about to open, some of the city officials came in and looked at the building and said, there's no way. Like, there's no way you're opening this building. The day of, they brought in half a dozen city inspectors, including the head building official, did a half a day deep dive inspection to every little detail of that building. And at the end, I remember the head building official pulling me aside and said, Mike, I had no hope that you're going to get this done. But looking at what you've actually accomplished, this is the best building that I have ever seen in this city. So thank you. Right? Because this whole time I'm thinking, am I good enough? Can I do what I need to do? Like, right? All those demons inside you really start to question things. And the reality is we start off any task where we're terrible at it, right? But you have to keep with it, keep pushing forward, keep getting better because eventually you're going to have that moment look back and say, I did it. I can actually do this. And so that was such a positive, big moment in my life. Well, how old were you about that time? I mean, you're not that far out of school. No, I was 25, maybe. Wow. I mean, you know, and I, you know, it's so, t- and what a credible encouragement because, you know, I, I've, I've spoke many times in the, the Twin Cities and you drive through, you see tons of buildings. And now here's this man who says, this is one of the best inspections I've ever been through. And of course, who's probably a 50 or 60 year old something, yeah. right? Who's been yep. doing it 30, 40 years. And you're like going, man, what a confidence boost for mm-hmm. you. Yeah, it was so so important. And I think the important lesson there is 
keep with it because eventually you can get to that kind of level. Let's talk about that resiliency. I mean, mm. you know, I think it's one of the challenges, you know, I, we're often reminded of some of the quotes, you know, like if people knew how many times they quit when they're just so close to really getting over the hump, right? And it's a hard thing for perseverance. At the same time, there's a humility in being able to say, hey, maybe I need to let this go, right? And yeah. so knowing when to, Kenny Rogers, when to hold them and when to fold them, right? <laughs> yeah. But you know, as you walk through that and, and you were learning this along the way, you know, one of the superpowers that was really yours compared to others was this ability for you to solve problems. Did you have team members around that that did that as well? We had a couple at that time. This is still back before we really realized of hiring the best people. And so a lot of things still fell to me, but we had a couple of really good people that were also working with me solving these problems. Let's talk about those people now. I mean, you've told me before, man, if I don't have someone who resolves issues, mm. I don't know if they're going to add a lot of value, right? I mean, yeah. tell me what you're looking for when you go after the best in the world. Boy. So the the number one thing is meaning our values. And so we have a number of values, including things like achieving great things, being a genuine human. You'd be shocked at how hard that is to find in construction. Construction stereotypically a pretty rough and tumble <laughs> environment. Yeah. And so- yeah. We want people with experience, but we find it really hard to find someone who has experience who also lines up with something as simple as being a genuine human, being a respectful, caring, kind person that wants to work things out together. So we we wrestle a little bit with that. But the best people are great problem solvers, right? They see a bunch of problems coming in. They're able to understand, dig through that, articulate what's going on, and then solve the root issue and then move on to the next thing. As we tackle new big challenges, oftentimes a new challenge means that we actually get worse for a little while because there's a whole new flood of problems that come in. Yeah. But we look at how fast the problems are coming in compared to how fast we're able to solve those problems. So we need people at that kind of level who can solve a variety of kind of problems within their space. And one, one other thing we look for is we often say, we're looking for people who are fighting to be best in the world at what they do, just like you and your experience, right? And they don't necessarily have to already be world champions at what they do. But they've got to be on that journey, right? If they're just here to punch a clock, there's plenty of good places to work. It's just not our place. Yeah. If you're here and you're, you're, you have a tenacity and energy to learn and grow and improve as much as you can, then you're in a good spot because you're going to get to that kind of level. Yeah, that's that's so powerful. I, you know, as I as I look through that, and you start thinking about, hey, how do I hire for that, right? You know, some some real challenges come up because it's hard to prove my tenacity. That mindset over problems is something I'm really eyeing up very closely and watching for, because I've seen a lot of folks that become. You know, they don't, I, I don't think they understand their contribution to the organization being the fact that problem solving is, is going to be always at the top of the list because if we don't have issues, they probably don't need Trent. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. I'm, I'm probably not needed here. They're hiring me because they've got an issue. I have an ability to solve it and help their team solve it. And that's what we're getting hired for. So if we don't understand like and embrace chance. And this is why it always freaks me out when people go, oh, oh my gosh, we have another challenge. We have another problem. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm the guy who goes, this is going to be awesome. Like I'm so excited, right? Because I'm like, 
there's a challenge, meaning we're going to do something different. It's probably going to be better in the end because it's not working now the way it should. And it's going to work better when we're done. It's going to work perfect. Probably not, but it's going to work better. We're going to get more efficient. We're going to be taxed to do something differently. We're going to grow and learn. I mean, all these benefits that we get from going through these challenges, I love. Yeah, we often tell our teams that problems are not a fundamental issue. It's not a reflection of us as, as like a bad company. We have 10,000 problems, but that's intentional because if we had zero problems, that means we're not growing. And so the challenge for the organization is to grow at a rate that we produce enough problems that matches our skill set and ability to solve those problems. But the problems will always exist, and that's intentional. Mm. Yeah, I got to tell you, one of the things I, I, do, I hate the word, by the way, I think the <laughs> word is is not fundamentally great for for mindset for yeah. people so you know often at leadershipity when we go into organizations one of the first things we do because we want a language around leadership mm. and that language is is we remove problems we we take it out of the vocabulary and you know because if someone comes to me i mean as as if i come to you mike it's not very encouraging like oh Man, Mike, I got a big problem. And you're like, man, I got my own. <laughs> like, I got 10,000 over here. Like, I don't need to add one. But in the mindset of the people who really want to get better, they love a challenge. Yeah. Oh, Mike, you got a challenge? Oh, let's talk about it. Let's go grab some sandwiches and talk about your challenge because I'm interested. How could I help you resolve your challenge? You know, because I'm always up for a challenge. Are, are we hiking the mountain this weekend? Are we going to bike 100? Are we going to take the kids to the hardest playland in the world and like survive it as dads? What are we going to do? Because I think I'm up for the challenge, but I don't know if I want your problems. So I think there's a very distinct language around that. How do you view mm. that? I love that. I, I think language impacts us at an emotional level. And if you can change that and tweak that language so that your initial gut response is more positive, that's such a powerful concept. I love it. Good. So let's come back to, you've talked a little bit about, I mean, man, sad. You're, you, you consistently have challenges on your docket. It's not like, oh, hey, look, surprise, I woke up and there's a challenge. You go through some challenges are pretty easy, resolved with a phone call. Some are much more diligent. Some are much more challenging you, challenging you as a person. You can't open this building. You don't have the experience. You're not enough. Mm. I mean, that's what yeah. they said to you, right? Yeah. And for people that are out there today who are being told, hey, listen, I'm not enough. You, you know, you're not going to be able to go, oh, you're never going to have the money enough to go to university. You're not smart enough to get through. You're not this. Like, what do you tell those naysayers who, who are unwilling to have the tenacity to actually go the distance on it? You know, what we allow ourselves to think in our mind eventually becomes a reality. And I think what, mm. what so much of us struggle with, including myself, is that you get into this like language in your mind of, oh, I'm not good enough or, oh, that that event back there, I screwed that up. And then you just dwell on the problem, how you failed, how it all screwed up, right? And you become more cautious. You, you don't want to jump into the next thing because you don't want to fail again. You don't want to put yourself out there. And I think what's really important is as best as you can to, to, to see that in your mind and then to let it go and then take action. So every day wake up and say, what's the next action I'm taking? And what's What's magical is you take enough actions and you start to see that 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 language in your mind starts to diminish because the action you're taking is proving that language wrong. And now there's going to be ups and downs. There's going to be more opportunities and challenges that you face. But 
have the tenacity every day to take that next step and you will get past it in a really powerful way. It, a lot of people don't do that. And that's when you start to kind of, you know, come, you know, not take that energy you should. Yeah. I want to give a shout out to a fellow EO member who mm. wrote up a, a journal called the Oak Journal. And I've done it in the past. I'm actually doing it right now on a business that we're running in the NIL space. And man, the daily planning of just putting your head down and taking action. This is what I have to do today. You know, I I could look at the bigger problem. I could look at this deadline and panic, even though I'm worried about something that's not going to happen for three weeks. Or I can get my list of what I need to do today to move towards that deadline and just get it done, right? Uh, To take that action. And, you know, I think that analysis paralysis. I think fear is paralysis. I think there's a lot of things that creep its way in when we keep our eye off the focus of our daily action. Yeah. I mean, right now we're faced with a challenge. We're building a $100 million building and it's looking like the building will open and not have power, Mm. right? This is terrible. It may not have power for like six months. Turns out there's a transformer shortage going on. But anyway, one of the largest utilities in the nation is telling us that we can't buy our own transformer and install it. It's only them. And the deeper reason that is, is they gain a lot of profit on that. There's a union kind of monopoly on the space. So they're mm-hmm. very closed off. And so it's quite easy to be like, wow, largest utility. We're small in comparison to them. Like, how are we ever going like, to overcome this? Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, okay, what are we doing tomorrow? Well, let's, let's reach out to our network to see who we know. Anyway, that led you just kind of going down this path to a point that now we're in talks with the state senator in our state who oversees the Energy Commission. And we're now having talks with the media and people like that. Like, mm-hmm. can we gain enough leverage to encourage this energy company to allow us to use our transformer? I don't know if it's going to work out or not, but I just know tomorrow what step I'm taking. Yeah. And I just keep doing that over and over again. Yeah. That's so good. And think about this. I mean, when you, you know, you saw mom and dad have a smaller company, you know, when you were in school, did you ever see yourself like, you know what I'm going to be doing? I'm going to be doing hundred million dollar projects in like, you know, 15, 20 years. What do you think of that? Did you see that? I no. I mean, we always had kind of a dream, like, can we make this kind of world impact? But I had no idea we would get to hundred million or beyond that level. But I knew what I was going to do tomorrow. And I knew if I did enough of these steps, I could have that kind of impact. That's awesome. That's awesome. So let's talk a quick moment about when things are down for you. If things are not going the right direction, things aren't headed your way. Is there a quote you lean on? Anything that kind of says like, hey, this is this kind of writes my ship? I don't know if I have a particularly magical quote. I, I kind of remember back to things like um, going to the moon, right? We, mm. we choose to go to the moon, not because it is easy, but because it is hard. Mm. And I love that because if you think back to that time, I know the space race was going on, but why do we go to the moon? Fundamentally, because it's freaking awesome to say we went to the moon, right? Yeah. Like we're doing it because we want to embrace and take on those challenges. And so that just reminds me like, this is like the life I want. I want to be taking on these challenges. It's going to be hard. That journey is what I'm excited about. Yeah. So that kind of helps realign myself. That's awesome. My quote of the day, thinking about us meeting and what you're accomplishing was, you know, if you build it, he will come. Yeah, 
I was back to that. Hey, man, you can do it. And I just love it. So thank you so much. Winners Find a Way show with Mike Gating, CEO of Norhart. Man, so excited that you could join us. Thank you, Mike, for everything. Look for us every Friday, 1230 p.m. Eastern, 930 a.m. Pacific on the YouTube live channel, LinkedIn Live and Facebook Live. Rebellious Infusions are organic flavored water enhancers. Rebellious provides clean, focused energy in liquid packets. Just tear the corner of the packet and pour 16 ounces of water. Rebellious Infusions have no sugar, no calories, and up to 300 milligrams of antioxidants and loads of L-thionine for brain health. Rethink your drink at drinkrebellious.com. For 10% off of your next purchase, use the code 99999. Do you want to be our next guest? Or do you have inspiring stories to share? Or do you love to inspire, support, and empower thought leaders? Feel free to send Trent a direct message on Instagram or Facebook at Leadershipity.